the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at PastorScott at KKLA.com. Or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now, here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you today. We're together each and every day from 3 to 5, talking about issues of the day from a Christian perspective. Good to be with you, as it always is. Obviously, the situation in Israel is uh, still going on. A lot of questions about it. And I have a great guest to talk about this. His name is Joel Rosenberg. He's a New York Times bestselling author, 17 novels and five nonfiction books, over 5 million in print. And he's the founder and editor-in-chief of two news and analysis websites, All Israel and All Arab News. And he's also the host and executive producer of The Rosenberg Report, which you can find on TBN. Uh, Joel, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. God, great to be with you. Thanks for having me on. Great to be with you today. And you're you're in Israel at the moment, yes? Yeah, I'm in Jerusalem. You're in Jerusalem. All right. So how is Jerusalem faring in uh, all of this? Are the rockets going over Jerusalem, or do they uh, fire away from there? Uh, there have been many rounds of uh, rockets and missiles fired from Gaza, from the Hamas terrorists uh, here at Jerusalem. Almost all of them have been shot down by our Iron Dome system, but it doesn't mean you don't have to run to a bomb shelter um, yeah. or pull over your car and you know hit the deck. And my family and I have done all of it over the last uh, you know five or six weeks. Um, but mostly, Jerusalem has been quiet by comparison to anything else that's going on either in the south near the Gaza Strip or Tel Aviv, which has been hit very very hard, was continued to be hit today, uh, uh, or on the northern border. Um, where Hezbollah, the terrorist organization, again, financed, funded, armed, trained, uh, directed by Iran, is attacking with increasing frequency um, our communities and our military positions up uh, on the northern border. So we're getting hit. But that, that's only two sides. I can there, We're really being hit on five sides right now, but I don't want to take up too much of your time. Yeah, well, I'm curious about that, and you might have to uh, drop out of the interview, I'm guessing, if uh, something happens. So I appreciate you spending the time. Tell us about yourself, and uh, how did you uh, end up doing what you're doing in uh, Israel? Yeah, so I first came to Israel 36 years ago as an undergraduate uh, I was a junior at Syracuse University, but I was doing a semester abroad at Tel Aviv University. And uh, I just, you know, I was the only evangelical follower of Jesus in the entire, on the entire campus of Tel Aviv University. I mean, I certainly searched for those six months, didn't find any others. I'm from a Jewish background on my father's side. My mom's not Jewish, Gentile, but both came radically to faith in Jesus as Messiah in 1973. My, you know, my mom, she was from a Methodist background, but it really hadn't taken yet. My dad, he was raised Orthodox Jewish. Hmm. So Scott, he thought he was the first Jew since the Apostle Paul, (laughs) who believed that Jesus is the Messiah. And uh, he he certainly had never met any Jews who believed in Jesus in 1973. He he had never even heard of any. Uh, There weren't that many then, but there are 
but there are almost a million Jewish followers of Jesus worldwide now, almost 900,000 just in the United States alone, and then 30,000 here in Israel and other places around the world. So, so the, there's a tremendous growth and openness among Jews to faith in Jesus. But nine and a half years ago, my wife and our four sons moved to Israel to become dual citizens. Uh, two of our sons have served in the Israeli army, one of them in a, in a special uh, elite, you know, special forces unit. And uh, and so I'm an author, as you mentioned. I'm also a journalist, as you mentioned, for all Israel news and all Arab news uh, and, and the TBN uh, TV show. But we also, for 17 years, have been running a nonprofit Christian ministry here called the Joshua Fund, which over 17 years has raised and invested uh, almost $100 million into humanitarian relief for Israelis and Palestinians and our neighbors, uh, other Arab neighbors, but also training and educating Israeli and Palestinian and other Arab pastors, equipping and refreshing them, educating the church around the world about God's love and heart and the prophecies related to the future of Israel and the region. Um, because we think we see it as a real absence, uh, uh, that there's a real gap. Most major ministries uh, either don't, you know, Israel's so, so small and there's so little fruit historically over 2,000 years that you think, you know, uh, we'll go do something else. Mm. Most ministries wouldn't. But, um, you know, obviously this is on our heart and personally. And and uh, and then, yeah, and then we moved here and um, and it is quite a life. Well, <laughs> good, bad and ugly. That's right. All of it. Obviously, uh, the life changed quite a bit about five weeks ago with the Hamas attack on Jerusalem. Were you in Israel at the time or uh, were you guys away? Yeah, no, we were here in Jerusalem and uh over the over the previous ten days, we had been um, our oldest son, who had moved here to Israel with us, but had gone back to marry his uh, college sweetheart from Biola, actually, in mm. uh, sort of your neck of the woods. There, uh, that's where they met, and uh, and they'd gotten married about five years ago. But because of COVID, they'd never been able to come as a couple, and she'd never been here at all. And so we took them, and and her, she she brought her brother as well, and they. We took them to Egypt and we took them all around Israel. It was a classic, wonderful fall tour, just but it was personal and family. And then they were supposed to leave on that Saturday, October 7th. And we woke up to the sirens going off in Jerusalem, which almost never happens. So that was a shock, not only to us, but more importantly, uh, to uh, our daughter-in-law and her brother, who literally had never been here and never experienced this at all. And uh, yeah, eight times uh, salvos of rockets were fired at Israel that day. And the more news we got, obviously, it was getting worse and worse and worse. And I was covering it for all Israel news. And for I did a special report that night on the Rosenberg Report on TBN. And their flight was canceled. And again and again and again, you know, eventually they were able to get out. But it was it's been a painful, painful stretch here where I think we're just about 40 days now. And we've got 239 hostages, Israeli hostages, and some foreign hostages as well, held by Hamas. Uh, we don't know if they're alive. We don't know. No Red Cross person has been allowed to go visit them. It's just horrible. And, of course, we're people are both grieving you know, the butchery, I mean, the absolute savage slaughter of Jews, um, more than 1,200 Jews murdered in that first day, more than any other war, I mean, I'm talking about civilian mur uh, murders, any other war in the modern history of Israel, like yeah. all in one day. It was the worst 
Israeli, Israeli President Isaac Herzog, uh, I met with him. He told me, Joel, it's the worst uh, slaughter of Jews in one day since the Holocaust. So there's grief. Mm. There's uh, then, but then there's anger at the government, uh, the Israeli government. How did this, how did they, how did this how is this possible? Right. And then, of course, obviously at Hamas and at the world that is now turning against the Jews. There's the worst Jewish anti-Semitic hatred probably since the Holocaust, and yet we're the victims of the crime. So we're living in a in in a some, we're living in a weird world, uh, Scott, where where evil has really been unleashed, like it's come up out of the sewage system and is spreading not just here in Israel but across the world as, as the world is turning against Jewish people, which makes it even more important for followers of Jesus Christ who understand a biblical perspective on God's love for the Jewish people, his love for the nation of Israel. Not that we're doing everything right at all, but God still loves us. That's right. And and Christians need to as well. While we also love our Palestinian neighbors who, um, you know, many of whom don't side with Hamas, but are living under their reign of terror. Yeah. My guest is Joel Rosenberg, and he's the host and executive producer in the Rosenberg Report, which you can see on uh, TBN on uh, Thursday nights. Is it Thursday nights? Thursday nights at uh, six, six, uh, nine uh, Eastern, Pacific so six, time. Yeah, yeah, Pacific, yeah, nine Eastern. And, uh, you know, so, Joel, being a Christian in uh, Israel right now, what are the Christians doing? Like, well, how does this impact the church, both in Israel, but also Christians who might be in Gaza? Uh, how... How uh, has all of this affected the church and what the church is doing? Well, that's, yeah, that's two actually different questions. Yeah. Because there are no Israelis in Gaza except now our hostages and now right. our troops. But there aren't any Israeli Christians there. But there are Palestinian, Palestinian Christians. Palestinian Christians know there, that. yes. Yeah, our ministry, the Joshua Fund, has done an annual uh, retreat for all the pastors who are Palestinians. Uh, we do that every year. We take them through the Bible, uh, you know, through uh Titus one year and James another year. And we went through the entire book of Acts over eight years, um, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, um, worship, prayer, fellowship. We do also the same retreat a couple days later for all the Israeli pastors and their wives at our expense. So um, we know the pastors and ministry leaders who live in Gaza, uh, and we have built a wonderful friendship with them, and we're very worried about them. Mm. So they're in grave danger. Um, because they live under a Hamas uh, bloodthirsty genocidal regime, and Hamas is blocking all, uh, or they're trying, they have been trying to block Palestinians who live in the north part of the Gaza Strip uh, in and around Gaza City, which is really the capital of the the Hamas uh, terror empire there, a little, uh, empire is not the right word, but, you know, terror regime and um, terror state. And so Israel has been urging for five weeks, move south, move south. And uh, Hamas has tried to block a lot of those folks and, and has actually opened fire on people heading south. But of the million or so Palestinians that live on the northern part of Gaza, um, the, you know, maybe 900,000 now have gotten to the south. So that's mm-hmm. good. But there are people still trapped in the north. But Israel has, you know, we've invaded and we are uh, we blew up uh, the Hamas parliament building today, um, bit by bit. We're taking out their 500 kilometers of terror tunnels. 
Yeah. Uh, but it, it is a it is a brutal, painstaking process, especially when you have the world saying that we're guilty of war crimes. We're not guilty of war right. crimes. Uh, we're we're fighting a a terrorist organization that committed thousands of war crimes on day one and have committed it ever since. But the Christians um, are struggling. Uh, Christians in Israel, um, it, that's an interesting different story, right? So what you have now is um, most of the, if not all of the men who are believers who are under the age of 40 are in reserves. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there, so what you have is Christian and Messianic Jewish men are at the front. They may be at the Southern front fighting in or near Gaza, or they're at the Northern front fighting with Hezbollah as that, as those attacks increase, or they're positioned in what we call Judea and Samaria in the Bible, but the world calls the West Bank uh, because there's a grave danger, of course, of an ex escalation there. So we're, you know, we got multiple fronts. So you got a lot of men not in the congregations, not in their homes, right? So, so one of the things my wife is doing and, and our other team members are caring for moms who maybe have young kids and now they're all alone and they have to do all the shopping and all the cooking and, and get their kids to school. And, and their, and their kids are asking questions like, is daddy Abba going to be killed by the bad people? Like, are, is he coming home? Like yeah. these are big issues. And, and then, you know, of course, a lot of other believers, uh, if they have the wherewithal at this point, emotionally, physically time, uh, they're working with our ministry, the Joshua Fund, and others to provide humanitarian relief to those who, families who are displaced, who are having to had you know had to evacuate the southern border or the northern border to get out of missile range. Um, yeah, it's a complicated situation, but I think the church is strong, um, and the darkness is th so thick here, Scott. I, I don't know in 36 years I've ever seen the darkness settle over Israel as dark as it is today. And so being a light and trying not to flicker and blow out, uh, you know, yeah. amidst the, the intensity of this storm is, is challenging. You mentioned how the world is beginning to turn against Israel, and it's not surprising. You know, I think initially there was, you know, everybody was, you know, maybe saying they're on the same page the first few days, you know, while Israel is suffering. But everybody knew, we talked about on our show, how it's not going to take long before the world starts to judge Israel's behavior or response in a way that they wouldn't judge any other country in the world. There's no, there's no response like this that would happen to any other country in the world. And um, that, that's anti-Semitic. That, that's that's anti right. That's right. When you, when you treat a Jew differently because he or she is Jewish, like why? Like like the calls for the ceasefire, right? I mean that at, at some cosmic philosophical level, people are like yeah, sure, stop the war. But if you say that to Americans a month after nine eleven, mm -hmm. and you saw the the World Trade Centers go down and everything, and the attack on the Pentagon, did anybody say ceasefire a yeah. month after? What about a month after Pearl Harbor? Like what are we what are we talking about? So in other words, the people who committed genocide, they get they get a, a halt on us fighting to destroy them like that that's insane and yeah. it's anti-semitic but you also have uh you even have a, a media front against us uh whether it's the new york times publishing front page top of the fold israel bombs hospital in gaza didn't happen a hamas rocket misfired and fell on the hospital and by the literally the next morning 
um, we had uh, Israel's intelligence and military put out 10 different videos of different angles and an intercept that Israel captured between two Hamas operatives yeah. admitting to each other. And yet the world goes with the New York Times because they're supposedly trusted. But even just yesterday, right, 300,000 Americans, Jews, Christians and others rallied in a pro-Israel rally on the steps of the U.S. Capitol and the um, and, and the and the and the Capitol Mall in Washington, D.C. Almost nobody covered it. And if they covered it, even the Washington Post, it's, it happened in their front yard, put it in the metro section. We could barely find it. If 300,000 people had tried to storm the Capitol, I think that got covered. Right. 300,000 people standing for Israel in the face of a genocidal enemy, that's not getting covered at all. Like, what? So that's it, that's not all anti-Semitism. Just being biased or being a moron in the media doesn't make you an anti-Semite. But some of them are. Yes, that, and, that's uh, right. And when you look that's at the right. war, it's, uh, it's one of the reasons we started All Israel News at allisrael.com, because specifically run by Israeli Christians and Messianic Jews, it's a it's a real news site. It's not a missionary site or I don't know what. It's it's actual news we're covering. I today I I broke the story that Reverend Franklin Graham has come to Israel. I I sat with him this morning. We we broke the story. That's a big story. He's the first evangelical leader to come to Israel um, since October seventh. I'm not saying it's easy to get here. That's not a criticism of other evangelical leaders. But like that's that's a big story. But the Jerusalem Post didn't do it. The Times of Israel didn't do it. Um, Fox News didn't do it. That's why we exist, to provide what's really happening. And, and you know that it's coming from people who have a biblical worldview. Yeah, and you can get that at All Israel. It's All Israel News. What's the What's the website for that? Allisrael.com. Allisrael.com. Yeah. yeah. And I was about to ask you, with the New York Times, thing, how, where do you get news that is trustworthy in this? You know, we... we... Yeah, they, well, I'm not, to be clear, it's it. We will we will cite or even link to or stories that we believe are credible right. from local media or even international media. I'm not. I don't want to throw the entire media establishment on the bus, but I mean, you know, I I don't think your audience probably. I mean, one of the reasons they listen to you is because they're not listening to other people, right? Because That's they're right. thinking, I don't know. I want. I need to know that the person who's telling me information. I that I trust their values. I trust their their worldview. I don't I don't need you know our articles don't have a Bible verse in every article uh, or quote Jesus all the time. I mean you know we're not lunatics. We're journalists. But what's interesting is we're going to cover. So you know there's a lot of different types of bias, right? There's there's soft bias. That's even Fox News hardly reporting at all about three hundred thousand people marching right. in defense of Israel and. The, the evangelical speaker of the House, Mike Johnson, standing arm in arm with the Jewish Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, who they totally disagree on everything, but not on this. That's a big story. That's a That's huge a story. Page story. Yeah, it's a huge Actually, story. Well, I story. yeah, I encourage everybody to uh, to check it out. Allisraelnews.com. And my guest is Joel Rosenberg. Joel, you also mentioned uh, we just have a minute left here. You mentioned the Joshua Fund. Can you tell us a little bit about that and how people can connect with you and uh, everything that you're doing? Sure. You can go to Joshua Fund, joshuafund.com. And that's, what, you know, I consider it like it's like a, a mutual fund. If you're like, gosh, I would love to, you know, give $25 to help somebody, you know, who doesn't have the food or whatever they need right now in a wartime, but I wouldn't know where to give it 
that yeah. I knew was trustworthy. That's what the Joshua Fund is. We've been doing it for 17 years. It all goes distributed through local believer, believers and local churches. So it's done in the name of Jesus with the with the highest ethical standards. And uh, yeah, joshuafund.com. Come check us out, and we'd love to get people involved, especially right now. Yeah, and you can find out everything else that uh, you're doing at joelrosenberg.com. Is that right? Yes, that is Grand Central Station, and you'll find the Joshua Fund and the Rosenberg Report and all Israel News. You can go through that, Joel Rosenberg with B-E-R-G dot com. That's right. Joel, thank you for being with me today on the Pastor Scott Show. Really appreciate your time and uh, and everything that you're doing over there, and stay safe. My honor, Scott, and uh, let us be your um, your Middle East correspondent, whatever you need. All right, we'll have you back on. There are so many things going on, and uh, thank you for clarifying so many different things as well. Uh, Joel Rosenberg, you can find out more at joelrosenberg.com. Joel, thanks for being with us today. My pleasure. Thank All you. All right. All right, we'll be back as the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Hi, everybody. Good to be with you today. Thanks for coming back to the Pastor Scott Show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557, if you want to join the conversation. And there has been so many things going on that uh, we haven't actually talked about. But I want to thank you, though, for being a part of the fundraiser that we have been doing for the Loving Hearts Babies Home. And uh, we uh, rescued over 100 babies. We're still doing that all through the month. You can go to kkla.com or kprz.com in San Diego to check it out and uh, rescue some babies. Great thing to do for the family. Uh, But I want to thank all of you who have done that the last uh, couple of days on the show. But in the meantime, lots has gone on in the world. You know, today we'll talk about some of the division and some of the uh, weird stuff going on to get into some of the philosophies that are driving, you know, where are some where some people are coming from? Why is there violence yesterday at the Democratic National Committee headquarters uh, or a couple of days ago, uh, of people who say that they're supporters of, of the Palestinians. I think that they really have other things in mind, uh, attacking the Democratic headquarters. The reason is because the Democratic Party has been, for the most part, from a leadership standpoint, unified, and, along with Republicans, in their support of Israel and Israel's right to defend themselves in all of this. In fact, one of the least reported stories this week was the March for Israel. It happened on Tuesday, and nearly 300,000 people marched in favor uh, support of Israel in Washington, D.C. And some of uh, what you should know is, and this, you know, you want your leadership to be on the same page, and you have leaders together there, even embracing and, and shaking hands. And I'm talking about Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, Chuck Schumer, who is the Senate Majority Leader, and even Hakeem Jeffries, who is the Minority Leader in the House. Uh, two Democrats and one Republican, top leaders in the country. Here is a little bit of uh, what they had to say. The calls for a ceasefire are outrageous. <laughs> And the reason he's saying that is not because this is Speaker Mike Johnson, but you have to realize that Chuck Schumer and Hakeem Jeffries are right there. President Biden is with them on this. Is not because they don't believe that uh, the war should stop, but the idea that Hamas is going to quit is outrageous. 
Hamas has made it very clear that they are happy about the death that uh, they are uh, inflicting on not just Jewish people, but even themselves, even on Palestinians. And that is the attitude of most of the leaders uh, in our country. Mike Johnson would continue here. We stand with you in that. Hamas terrorists wage the bloodiest assault on Jewish lives since the Holocaust. And there are hundreds of hostages, many of them Americans, still stuck inside Gaza. Israel will cease their counteroffensive when Hamas ceases to be a threat to the Jewish state. Chuck Schumer, the Democrat majority leader in the Senate, was also there and gave remarks and talked about his need to visit Israel. So the minute... I heard of what happened in January 7th. I knew I had to go to Israel. And I think you've you've heard an awful lot of unity on this subject, although it could be wavering in different places, and I expect that to be the case. But, um, you know, when we're we're dealing with these things and we've had conversations about uh, moral clarity, moral clarity, and we'll talk about that more today, uh, as we're living in a time where young people are supporting uh, things said by Osama bin Laden and uh, some other things. You've got to have a moral clarity, even in the case of war and difficulty. For example, the one of the controversies right now is what kind of military action can and should be allowed to happen at hospitals in Gaza. And that's a huge question because international law is opposed to bombing hospitals or places that are set up as uh, you know medical places or refugee centers, those kinds of things. However, international law also says if you turn those areas into active military uh, locations, then all bets are off. You can't attack that hospital. So, you know, when people say that, uh, you know, Israel is breaking international law, you have to be careful because actually it depends if Israel attacks a hospital and there is no Hamas presence there, then yes, that would be correct. But if Hamas is, in fact, making their headquarters at these hospitals, or if that is where they're keeping the hostages, or if that's where they are keeping their arms or those things, then the, the hospital, even according to, Indian, to international law, is a legitimate military target at that point. And that sounds terrible, right? And the war is terrible. But here's how the world has seen this forever. The world has seen it as, hey, if you are setting up your military in a place and launching your attacks from a hospital or from a refugee center or from what is supposed to be some other kind of safe space, then international law actually says you are responsible. So in this case, Hamas is responsible for whatever might happen there. Now, that doesn't, I think, take away a a moral responsibility of of Israel or people who are supporting Israel from saying, hey, you should be very sure that this is happening and trying not to do it. But uh, something you should know is that the the White House, Democratic White House, and uh, United States intelligence and intelligence around the world is confirming that the hospitals in Gaza are some of them, but especially the ones that are in the news right now, are in fact being used as headquarters for Hamas. This is John Kirby. That Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad use some hospitals in the Gaza Strip, including Al-Shifa, and tunnels underneath them to conceal and to support their military operations 
and to hold hostages. John Kirby went on to say that U.S. intelligence and other intelligence sources, independent of Israel's intelligence sources, have confirmed this. And this is not surprising. This is something that we know. And I'm saying this, and you probably have heard this before, but we have to repeat it because we keep hearing pushback and we get a media today that is not clear about this. Let me give you some examples of that. Um, the media is still taking Hamas's word for things or throwing doubt on the idea that maybe uh, Hamas is using these places as um, a headquarters. The, and let me give you some headlines. So <clears throat> the White House and other uh, intelligence organizations have released conclusive evidence, by the way, that Hamas is using hospitals for military operations. But here is what some of the media has done with it. Uh, on CNN, it says, you have to be very careful. This is what they do on purpose, by the way. you got to always read the articles because sometimes the articles eventually will get around to the truth somewhere on you know, page you know, two or someplace on your paragraph 27. Uh, but this is CNN. This is after the United States government and other intelligence sources confirmed that Hamas is using these hospitals as a base. CNN headline, Gaza's largest hospital is under complete siege, Hamas-controlled health ministry says, as Israel reports intense fighting with the militant group. It kind of doesn't really confirm that. And if you get into what is said in some other places, for example, the New York Times, New York Times says, breaking news, Israel's military said said its troops are raiding Gaza's Al-Shifa hospital, where thousands of people have taken shelter in its fight against Hamas. What they leave out of their headline is that Hamas has built it as their base, that the reason that Israel's military is raiding the hospital is that. See, and if you just read that headline and you're somebody who is believing that maybe Israel just wants to kill people in, in, in uh, hospitals, then it confirms that thought because it's not clear. And this is on purpose. These aren't dumb people writing these headlines. Sometimes they are, but it's not. Uh, another headline from the New York Times, Israeli military vehicles advanced on Monday to the gates of the besieged Al-Shifa hospital complex as medical staff painted a calamitous picture of conditions there. Quote, the situation here is catastrophic in every sense of the word, one nurse said. Now, what they leave out is she's talking about what Hamas has done there. That's actually what she's talking about, but that's not in the headlines. This is a consistent feature of how the media shifts the narrative. And in some ways, they're trying to sell papers and they don't want to exclude people who hate Jews and, and who are supportive of Hamas. So they do this. I know that sounds really cynical to say that, but that's where this is. That is what is here. Uh, more headlines, civilian buildings increasingly at center of Israeli operation in Gaza. They leave out who's in those buildings where we know, and we've known for years, okay, this is not new. This is, listen, this is Bill Clinton from 2016 who's having this argument. And Bill Clinton, by the way, of probably any president alive, has negotiated more with uh, on the Palestinian issue than anybody. In fact, he almost brokered a peace agreement that would have been a peace. There would have been a Palestinian state in Gaza and the West Bank, and... Um, it would have been an amazing deal had Yasser Arafat, who was the head of the Palestinian Liberation Organization at the time, gone along with it. They even gave Arafat a Nobel Prize for being a part of that. And it turned out that Arafat was a liar the whole time, that he never intended to go along with the state solution because that's not the, the goal. 
the stated goal of Hamas and Hezbollah and these other groups is groups is the destruction of Israel. That's what they want. They don't really care about statehood. It is about the destruction of Israel and the killing of Jews. And that's eventually where Yasser Arafat landed. But this is Bill Clinton talking about it in 2016, addressing protesters back then uh, here in the United States. Depends on whether you care what happens to the Palestinians as opposed to the Hamas government and the people with guided missiles. See, he's going to make a distinction here between the Palestinian people and caring for them, which you should, and caring for Hamas. And you have to make that distinction. They were. Yes, they were. No, wait a minute. Yes, they were. And Hamas is really smart. When they- By the way, when he says Hamas is really smart, uh, he does. he's not giving them credit. He's saying they're smart. You know, Donald Trump always says that about our enemies, right? Oh, they're, they're really smart, he'll say. And then he gets criticized for that. It's all right to acknowledge that your enemy can think, and Bill Clinton does the same thing here. They decide to rocket Israel. They insinuate themselves in the hospitals, in the schools, in the highly populous areas, and they are smart. So they try. By smart, he's not supporting what they do. He's just telling you that this is intentional, and the whole world has known this. So they, wait, wait, wait. So they try to put the Israelis in a position of either not defending themselves or killing innocents. They're good at it. They're smart. They've been doing this a long time. Look, I don't agree. I killed myself to give the Palestinians a state. I had a deal they turned down that would have given them all of Gaza. Wait, wait. All of Gaza. We'll be right back. I I didn't pay attention to the time. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at pastorscott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. So they, wait, wait, wait. They, so they try to put the Israelis in a position of either not defending themselves or killing innocents. They're good at it. They're smart. They've been doing this a long time. Look, I don't agree... I killed myself to give the Palestinians a state. I had a deal they turned down that would have given them all of Gaza, wait, wait, all of Gaza, between 96 and 97% of the West Bank, compensating land in Israel, you name it. That was uh, former President Bill Clinton, who uh, we started playing that clip before the break, um, talking about what the world knows and what the United States government confirmed with its own intelligence and intelligence of other sources, not just Israeli intelligence, that Hamas is using the hospitals um, to wage war from. And, you know, so some of what is happening today is Hamas, of course, denies that and then accuses Israel of war crimes. And then you get headlines from the major media. And this was the point I was about to make before uh, we uh, we went to break because I went over on the different thing. And I should put myself in the. We can kind of all get into that, you know, but uh, we're trying to hit these breaks a little bit better. It makes everything better for everybody. Anyway, the point was that I was going to make before the break. Um, you have to realize that the media is not also doing a good job in covering this, that, in fact, there are some headlines that have come out that are so incredible because they leave out the detail of why 
the Israeli military might be raiding hospitals, and they leave it open to the idea that they're just going in there to murder people. And that is not what they're doing. They are going in because Hamas is in there. And the United States government has put some, I don't don't think suggestions is even a hard enough word, but they're saying, hey, no air bombing the hospitals. You at least need to confirm that this is a Hamas headquarter. I think I can be behind that. I think they need to do that because so many in the world really want them to fail in this. And that's something that is happening, to, to step back and get the proof and rescue people. And there's plenty of videos where the Israeli army is bringing in um, the things that the hospital needs to care for people and all of those things. Okay, all that is to say, you know, we live in a time where the truth is hard to come by, and there are many in the divisions that we have that are trying to separate and divide people. My encouragement for you is to read beyond the headlines. Often in these stories, the headline uh, turns out sometimes has nothing to do with the story, but you often do get the truth somewhere in the story, somewhere at the uh, lower paragraphs where they mention that it is confirmed that Hamas is in that hospital. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show. Welcome back, everybody. 888-528-2557 is the number. 888-528-2557 is the number if you want to join the conversation. So many things going on. So we've had the uh, fundraiser for a couple of days. We appreciate that. If you still want to save babies through the Loving Hearts Babies Home, just go to your station's website, kkla.com in Los Angeles or KPRZ in San Diego, and uh, and do that. And, you know, whenever things are frustrating or there's things in the news that are complicated or hard, you know, a great response is to give. You know, a great outlet, rather than just be upset about it, is to go ahead and give. And I encourage you to to do that. Um, whether you um, serve here with the uh, the baby's home or, or maybe it's at your church or someplace else. Tomorrow, by the way, we're going to be at the Union Rescue Mission right here in downtown Los Angeles on Skid Row. We're going to do the show live from down there. So uh, that'll be a lot of fun. They have their annual turkey fry. They're going to be frying. Uh, they're frying 300, I believe the number is 300 turkeys. Um, which they do every single year. And uh, we're going to do our show right there from their turkey fry. And so uh, that'll be fun. It'll be a live show, and uh, we'll have a lot to talk about. But I think we'll be encouraged by that. Something great to get started with uh, Thanksgiving coming up. It is. It seems like yesterday is when November started. And now we're already at Thanksgiving. We're already getting ready to uh, make those changes uh, and to be thinking about uh, that holiday. It's early, early this year. All right, 888-528-2557 is the number, 888-528-2557. Ted in L.A., welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Pastor Scott, Ted, City of the Angels, how are you, sir? I'm good, Ted. How are you? Good, good. I just wanted to comment that, you know, basically this is all over land, that people think they own, own the land, who has the right to the land. And yet you have people that have come from all over the world, which are American Indians, uh, the elders uh, had uh, prophesied would happen. And so we have people from all over the world. And I've asked these people that are against Israel, I say, when are you leaving? And they say, what are you talking about? When are you leaving? Your people are not from the United States originally. So we have a lot of hypocrites in this world. Well, there's an awful lot of, when it comes to the whole colonialism and things, you know, most of the world is colonized by somebody at some point. And, uh, you know, that's kind of a a regular thing. Uh, You know, I would say, though, that, and we'll talk about this, Ted, and thank you for your call, Ted. We'll talk about this more in the next hour, actually. I would argue that this isn't uh, 
so much about land, really, that when you read the where Hamas is coming from, they're talking about religion. And they are talking more about exterminating Jews and the state of Israel altogether. And they, they have a claim on the land that they say, but the claim comes from a religious um, doctrine. It doesn't come from, you know, what we'll see from a lot of the protesters and kind of the pro-Palestine uh, groups that are protesting and saying those things. They'll, they'll talk a lot about, you know, uh, whatever they've concocted as far as who was on the land first. And a lot of what they say is just wrong, just wrong historically from a non-religious standpoint of what the history of that land is there. You know, Palestinians, for example, before 1948, Jews and Arabs were Palestinians. There were not Jews, Arabs, and Palestinians, three people groups. There were Jewish Palestinians and there were Arab Palestinians. And the that was, you know, the, the Palestinians didn't become a people group until 1964, actually. And if you don't realize that, then, you know, when I keep seeing this map on the socials that says, you know, these are this is what the Palestinians owned, you know, pre-1948 and this and that. And it's not right if you don't understand that everybody living there was a Palestinian, including Jews. It's just completely, and they, you know, there's all this griping because the media doesn't go with it. The media, as much as I've criticized the media, uh, they're not going with that because it's completely bogus. And when you get into the Hamas documents or you get into what the Iranians think, um, what the Islamic Jihad thinks in that crowd, they lay claim to the land not because of many of the reasons that are being put out there by some of these protesters. They lay claim to it because uh, once... a land has people of Islam living on it, according to them. It belongs to them for eternity. And part of their job is to keep it for eternity and to destroy any evidence that somebody else might have lived there. And they have a very distinct process uh, and theology for what this is actually about. And if, and if you don't understand that, and that's a big part of a lot of this problem, is that if you don't catch that, then you really can't understand this problem. You don't understand what actually is happening here. 888-528-2557. Brian in City of Industry, welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Hey, Pastor Scott. So what I'm really hoping is one day maybe you can get on a, a guest who is a specialist in in a lot of the cults like uh, Chris Rosebro who, or, or even uh, some of the White Horse Inn guys and talk about this white nationalist movement uh, it's supposedly Christian, the Christian white nationalist movement, and all of the conspiracy theories, because a lot of what they say aligns with a lot with the news media, not to the extent the news media is less, because these guys are completely radical, saying that the Jews are the source of every known problem on the face of the earth, yeah. the banking and this and that, and that they steal children to drain their blood to get adrenochrome. And, I mean, they go on and on with these massive conspiracy theories. And, of course, that whole group, as we know, or and we know, and on bid shoot and so forth, they they put all this propaganda in the name of Christ, in the name of Christianity, and they try to use biblical passages in order to justify and and twist the Bible into their narrative. Yeah. But it's it's completely cultish. It's completely non-Christian. And yet it, it's pervasive. It's everywhere. And it's really sad. I think that has a lot to do with uh, some of the narrative that's playing out there in the Middle East. You know, I think one of the things that we're seeing that people need to come to grips with, and this has been, there have been some stories about how we're seeing these same things being spoken coming from 
uh, leftists in the universities and all this teaching. And then there was, I can't remember where I read the articles, New York Times or Washington Post, where kind of your right wing, uh, you know, neo-Nazis or white supremacist groups are jealous of all the people and attention on the other side. When effectively they believe many of the same tenets and many of the same anti-Semitic ideas, uh, like you're saying. And uh, we did do a, a a, a segment a while ago on why there is right-wing anti-Semitism and left-wing anti-Semitism and how it boils down to the same place. And Christians can't be involved in that. There has been Christian anti-Semitism, whether it's white nationalism or whatever else through time. Uh, It's evil, it's wrong, it's not biblical. And, you know, what's crazy here, and we're going to talk about this actually in the next segment, is that there are anti-Semitic ideas that are the same, that are repeated by all of these groups throughout history from the right and left. And it's very, it's very disturbing how many people are embracing that today, including young people on TikTok today that are embracing a letter from Osama bin Laden to Americans um, yep. saying uh, why they did what they did and what they expect, and uh, that it's supposedly changing their whole view on the world, and all it is is a bunch of uh, anti-Semitism and uh, uh, pro-we're-going-to-take-over-the-world Islamic stuff. And uh, we're going to talk well, about that in a minute, because I know, think people need to know this. Know, you know, Pastor Scott, it also involves even conspiracies on 9-11 control uh, controlled demolition. Yeah, there's a the lot Jewish of that. I'm, I've got a hard break, Brian. I got a hard break, but I appreciate uh, what you're saying. And uh, we yep. need to reject those ideas. Uh, and where they come from is all bad. This is the Pastor Scott Show. When we come back, we'll talk about what's happening on TikTok and why you need to know this, because uh, maybe your grandkids or other people are listening to that and where it comes from. Plus, there was an arrest uh, in the murder of the Jewish man at the protest in Westlake. Uh, that arrest happened earlier today. We'll get to that in the next hour. This is the Pastor Scott Show. Follow us at Pastor Scott Show, Facebook, X, and Instagram. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.